When you check spoo, co- spoo quotes late at night or early in the morning, you ask yourself one question. Bank failure or no bank failure? Well, two days in a row, we don't have a bank failure. Still a little bit red on the screen. Things are pretty quiet trying to hold 4K in the S&Ps. Got some earnings to talk about. Interesting note from uh, Adam Jonas on Carvana. And we got a really good guest today. We have one of the University of Michigan students pitching the stock to us. Get your questions ready for him. This is pre-market prep. Let's get it started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, nice little overnight range. Uh, we are down a couple couple points here at 05 and a quarter, holding yesterday's low. Uh, we have the buck in the red, uh, running into problems at 103 on the futures, down 26 cents at 102.25 and a half. Uh, bonds, man, they don't, they're finding resistance up here. It used to be 134. It looks like 132 now. They're down a couple ticks at 130 and 6.30 seconds. Uh, crude resting in the 70 handle down 16 cents at uh, 72.63. Gold just hovering this 1950 doesn't want to break down yet. Up 610 at 19.60. Silver still in the 23 handle up eight and a half cents at 23.23. And Bitcoin a little bit of a bounce of Bitcoin futures up 195 dollars 27,000. 175 so uh triple d kind of kind of a quiet night for you um there was some action it was pockets of action so it wasn't like your typical whipsaw chop all over the place up 10 down 10 but there was pockets of action we had a little bit of news which we'll get to in a second warren got down and dirty for Good the old warren. Yep. yeah you can always count He's on trying warren. to go against me you know are you still short that? <laughs> no, I'm not. I just it. it's more like a joke now, but yeah, I know. Hey, he, yeah, he sees yeah. money, Mitch. He's like, I gotta go against that. Where's one. where's he at on that thing? Is he, he like I think he's actually moving his price to, like where he's going after I think a he's bit just higher. buying the company. Like I think he's honestly just going through and slowly buying the entire company. Like, yeah, why it, do a takeover at like 95 and you just sit here once a week and buy one percent of the company, another one percent of the company? I don't know. That's what I think he's doing. You got to be over 25% right now, huh? He's probably close to 25%. He was 21 or 22 a while ago. He's probably around 25. So he sat here and he didn't have to pay any premium. So if he really wanted to buy it, this is the way he should do all of his takeovers. Why Why bother paying 95? Just sit here and just in the open market, just slowly accumulate the company until you have it all. You know what we totally whiffed on the last couple of days? What's that? What did we whiff on? ATVI. Mm. Oh, well, no, we talked it. We did talked we? It. When it when it popped, yeah, we talked yeah, we it. Talked when it, it that popped, day, Joel, maybe you weren't on the show that day. You taking days off again? No. Yeah, we <laughs> talked it for sure. That was the UK antitrust. No, they didn't see any antitrust stuff. So UK is good with the merger. So that's okay. why I got the big pop. Mitch, find it's ninety-five. Price. I mean, if Can they if they're good with it, the price is ninety-five. So it's starting to look more and more like this could actually go through. 
Yeah, and the Arbs out there that probably took this one are probably a little bit happier. Oh, actually, I do remember talking about it. I do, because I said it was on this day, and I said, you know what? The the, the Arbs, the scalping Arbs, they're they're not going to wait for 95. You know, they're not going to wait for a shoe to drop. And I said, you know, maybe there'll be a little bit of selling in there. So, yeah, we did talk about it. It did come back a little bit. Still 11 bucks from the takeout price. But, wow. you know, if you were taking risk here at 72, 73, 74, 75, 76, and just want to ring the register, put your money somewhere else. So, uh Interesting. Is it? I mean, we we stuck with it. We stuck with Michael Pactor on this one. We stuck with G Munster on this one. Pretty good calls here, not only by us, but uh, uh, by by some of the top notch analysts that we have on this show. Uh, I wish I would have bought. You know, that day that we thought the deal wasn't going to go through, and we were talking about it at a certain point in time. You know, it's twenty three points down from where it was, and you look at where AEA and Take Two are, and you're like, uh-huh. wow, they're down a bit. But you were getting to a certain point in time where it was like seven down, twenty up. So you had the three to one. Whenever I'm setting up swing trades, I usually like the three to one. Three to one risk reward. And when this thing got down to 72 bucks, 7140 on February when they thought the deal was not going to go through, you probably had about a 65 on the downside, and you still uh-huh. have the 95 takeout price. So it really set up well down there. And obviously hindsight capital's 2020 here again. But you know, even if the deal didn't go through, then your downside just wasn't that much in the low 70s. It sat down. It traded down there for a long time. So, um, all right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's move on with the show, Mitch. Uh, what? All uh, right. Still um, earnings, right? Before we get yeah. to Q1 earnings. Yeah. I, I, since we already talked about it, I just want to wrap it up. So let's just finish the Berkshire mention here. Yeah, let's sure. just run through that, and then we'll move on to some different news here. Of course, uh, there was an ad by Berkshire added 3.66 million shares of the company between t- March Oxy. 23rd and March 27th. Oxy is what we're talking about. Um, Occidental Petroleum, right? And now the stake is standing at 23.6%. So Can you show according it? According to a Reuters report. Um, 23.6. Mitch, can you show, just bring up the filings here, just a teaching moment here. Again, we've done this before, but if you go into your pro, show how you do. Bring up your pro, show how you can get these filings. Boom. So we can just pull up here. We can Oxy. Let me share my screen because, you know, we didn't have it shared here. Just one second. There you go. We're now you'll see it here. on the screen here. And um, I'm going to just pull us down here so you guys can see this. Because all this screen. information is in the pro. Boom. So we can go into Oxy, right? We can take yeah. a look down right here and we can either go with just the, the news filings right here. Show the filing, or you can go to the, the SEC filings, yeah. right? Yeah, and then you can go. just go do it this way, right? Then you can see right here, 10% buy, right? Average price $58.98. Then yeah, you can, of course, just open it up here. And then you can actually start running right through it here. And if you um, go, the interesting right part here. is you can see the prices Boom. that he actually paid. So you can go in here and you can see 58, like you were saying, there's four different purchases here, it looks like. 58, yeah. you're moving it around, so I can't see it as hold he on, goes. So just scroll just up. To... Oh, he's making it bigger. Okay, then he's going to scroll up, yeah. but you can just see in the securities column there, securities acquired, the A means acquired, D means disposed of, so D is a sell, A is a buy. Um, 58, 28, 59, 16. These are average prices. It's probably some type of algorithm, so that's the average price for um that those purchases of a million um and then obviously two different days the 23rd and the 27th which was actually indeed yesterday so he's out there getting down and dirty yesterday as well mm-hmm. we know that warren floor we talked about an oxy i'm long the stock 
I've been still doing my trade, the long overnight, every night, and the extra in my long-term account. It's been working and paying the bills, so getting paid for it once again here. I sold my extra oxy um, early this morning. Um, I've still got my core holding in my long-term portfolio. Yeah, I looked at that, and uh, that uh, uh, you looked at the percentage. You have, um, you know, the uh, oxy up one point two, and you have the XLEs only uh, only up uh, a couple percentage points, or not percentage points. Point XLE is actually trading, yeah, just about flat. OXY yeah, is up two nice, percent. Nice, but nice. again, it's got an upgrade today too. So there's two things happening here. Maybe somebody. So if we go into oxy. And going to your Benzinga Pro ratings, you'll see it was actually upgraded here this morning nice. by TD Cowan. Uh, maybe they saw the Warren purchase. Maybe it's just coincidence. But OXY is upgraded here this morning as well. So I don't. I just keep thinking like I want a little bit of oil exposure. Why not go with the one the big gun is buying? Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see what happens if this could really kind of turn oil around. It did have a good day yesterday. I saw crude overall get back there close to that seventy-two area. Um, how's it looking this morning? Just to, crude, to do yeah, it's up fourteen cents. Big day yesterday. I didn't see. Was there some macro news on that? Or no, um, I think it was just kind of a little pushing little back lazy, there. Yeah, I mean, this is what crude. I mean, it it does. It it makes a new floor and mm -hmm. it rallies. So maybe you know, um, you know, I was getting some heat on Twitter yesterday. It was up three bucks. <laughs> what if you get a you know? What if you get a green monthly candle here? I mean, folks, you got to look at it the way it is. You got to cause you know. Call it what it is. You've since it peaked in uh, July of 22. You've had one green monthly candle. Now uh, we'll see how it starts out for this month. But uh, all the zigs and the zags. It's been it's been a down market. So we'll see that for Oxy. You know the chart chart looks good. I think Warren's uh, doing some technical analysis here. You are getting a little pop here um, into one of the recent highs. I can't you know 60 and a half, 60 75. Those were two highs from last week. Actually the high from last week was right there so it's kind of a mixed bag with Warren on these kind of things I think if it if it holds the 6075 thing opens up and to the upper 61 handle um and if you want to wait you know by the it just doesn't feel like you're gonna get a look at that closing price today at 5965 unless crude falls out of bed or the market falls never out of say bed. never this is the kind of environment here yeah. where you just get a chance if you're if you're chasing in this environment you are not one not listening to the show two not making money this is just the environment you can be bearish all you want why sell a dip gunlock even said it yesterday gunlock even said you know because he's overall bearish and he's like wow you get so many rallies here, though. Why would you ever be selling on the dip? And it's so true because it's just not the environment. We're just going down and then down again and down again. You've got to be fading moves. So if you're bearish, you're selling rallies, you're bullish, you're buying dips. You can do both. You can just be neutral. How you feel about the market both. overall, Dennis? I mean, how you feeling neutral. about I, mean, I think we're going to trade We're hanging. Until, we're hanging in here. Until the next bank failure. I still think there's more bank failures coming, which is going to keep me in cash, mostly in the long-term account. But as a trader, I think we chop around. I think chop, 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 chop. Yeah, that's the hard part, right? And uh, I think a lot of traders are running through that. Let's get to some other action here. Let's get out of Oxy. Keep an eye on to see what happens in oil. But let's talk a little bit about the U.S. and Japan deal announced today. I think that's going to be something that you might not hear talk too much about right now. But I do think that 
This is something that we need to look to see if we get some plays out of it. U.S. Japan announced a trade deal on electric vehicle battery minerals that would grant Japanese automakers access to Biden's administration 7,500 EV tax credit as a part of the Inflation Reduction Act. So with this being said, you know, we could maybe look at uh, lithium miners today to see if they get the lift. Yeah. And then you could also maybe look at Japan automakers to see if they're getting a lift or automakers overall on this news. What's the Twitter? I always mess that one up. TM. Oh, how did I get that? I've got <laughs> this. I, I've, I stuck my kids' RESP. I stuck like four or five stocks and Toyota was one of them. That's like go. 15 years down the road. I'm looking at TM. And Why like, not? You know, a very small position, but you get a little dividend. I Again, you're going into recession, so I might regret it. But again, if we don't go into recession, you know, maybe I don't regret it. The stock is significantly off the all-time highs. P is pretty low. I mean, we had $213. It's $136 here now. Uh, back in the range, 120 to 130 I think there's value range in here. Again, if we're going to recession, it's all going down, though. So I'm very light in that. I, but I, I, I did that a long time ago. I actually bought like 138. And I think it was back in December. Yeah. Man, you got a level of levels here. Tell yeah, Spencer, there's some good levels down Yeah, here. tell, tell uh, Spencer to keep an eye on like 148, 148 <laughs> and a quarter. I mean, look at that. I mean, how often do you see November of 22? 48.65, 48.24, 48.10. Pulled a little bit of a head fake last month when you went to 149.02. But man, oh man. Oh, and then even before that, you had another monthly high there at uh, 47.87. That's a 10 star, folks. Right there. 148, Dennis. Spencer's in the green if he can clear it. Not too far. What? Still 10, 12 bucks away. What's Honda? I know that has multiple sales. HMC. HMC. Honda I thought about drive. this one too. I thought about Honda and it has pulled back and obviously it's went nowhere for a long time. You go to long-term chart, Honda's just gone nowhere. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, it depends on your time frame here. I think if your time frame's 10 to 15 years, I think some of these automakers actually could be buys, but I think you're going to get them cheaper here the next couple of months because I think it's going to get ugly. The lithium suppliers, that's where we started the conversation. LTHM? Though, yeah, I'm, I'm, I bought, rebought the LTHM. So I sold it. Now I'm back ah, in with you. Yeah, I rebought in. it here. Just, uh, yeah, I'd say a normal size position. Um, I rebought it right around in here, this 21 area. Um, just, just a few days ago, and this is in the long-term portfolio, not in the okay. short-term trading account. I just feel like there's support down in here. I still feel like lithium is going to be a big part of the future. Um, it had the nice run-up to 25, 26, which felt a little bit overdone. Um, I had originally purchased at a really bad price. I'd originally purchased like 26 or 27. I lightened up into the rally, and now I've rebought and I've brought my cost basis down substantially here. I like this area. LAC is the one. I don't think it makes money. LTHM makes money, but they trade similarly. And then I have, I've owned ALB for a while, which I'm down in ALB. Okay. Yeah, I like uh, that LAC chart, at least. Uh, just so mention, LAC and LTHM trade together. The big thing is uh, there's going to be a nice little four or five star level below it that it just came out of. That 20 bucks. Yeah, you can lean on that 20 bucks all day long, huh? That's a big boy stepping up there. Yeah. Wow. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. One, a two, wall three, there. four, five, That's six, sure. seven, eight. Yeah, we'll see. But think with that, now now the question is when you get these kind of moves, is like where do the big boys reevaluate, right? Yesterday's mm -hmm. uh, low, 2043, you're a ways away from that. See if you can make an established bid at, uh, you know, 20 and a half or 21. So we'll see. We'll see with that one. LAC trading up 50, 57 cents, 2132 is your last print.
All right, let's keep it going. Let's go to Walgreens Boots Alliance here. Q2 adjusted EPS, $1.16 beat the $1.10 estimate. Sales of $34.86 billion beat the $33.53 billion estimate. Walgreens reaffirmed its full year earnings guidance of $4.45 to $4.65 per share. Comparable sales in the front stores were down 1% year over year. I know, I know Dennis is going to like this one. Driven by much lower sales of over-the-counter COVID tests. Yeah. Now you've talked about the no jabs, but did you talk about no COVID testing? They're not even testing anymore, Dennis. Yeah. They're going to need the jab. The people were going into these, uh, obviously, to Walgreens, CVS. Did, did they give the jabs at Walgreens, CVS? Were they yeah. giving the jabs there, too? Yeah. So not, yeah. They're not going to That's Walgreens, CVS it. to get the jab. They're not going in there to you know get tested. As much anymore, so that's what? obviously bringing foot traffic. No one trusts those over-the-counter testing nowadays. That's also the case, right? But they mean, don't work that well. I mean, we don't get a hundred. I think when you've got it, you've got it. But when you've got it, sometimes shows up that you don't have it. I think that's the bigger problem. So I think if it shows up, you've got it, you've got it. But uh, anyways, like some of these tests, you know, aren't as reliable as we'd hope. The stock the, uh, has been a complete dog for yeah, a long, forever. long, long yeah. time. I mean, we were $95 back in 2016, 100 bucks back in 2016. So here we are six years later and stocks lost 68%. Um, there's a certain point in time where Walgreens is just a value trade. It's got a 5.76% dividend. Here's the things going for it. Interest rates are starting to come down. Let me know long-term rates are starting to come down. I believe that rates could go lower here because I think that there's more bank crisis coming. So yeah, Walgreens is a defensive stock. It will do well if rates start to come down because obviously that dividend yield becomes more attractive again. I don't mind it here at the $30. I mean, they're $33, so you're off the lows. But I don't mind this whole $30 level. If you go to the weeklies, you'll see the October lows, July lows, sorry, $30.39. I do think you have some support in here. But I don't think you got to chase this thing either. Uh, resistance, pretty well defined. Uh, I mean, that pop in the in the uh, in the pre-market. I mean, that took it almost to thirty-four dollars. But if you go to your dailies here, just multiple highs at the thirty-three eighty levels. So I'll stick with that. You backed off fifty cents. I think, man. Did obviously, Dennis. You don't have a Walgreens. Mitch, do you, do you have one by you? Yeah, of course. I got plenty of them. They're it's usually just, do you notice, empty, like, they one guy a, running the store. They need an employee retention um, plan. These things I'm all telling, have turnover. Yo, no, 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 no. How do you retain it's like a fast market. I have no idea. It's one but person like, running the store, Joe. He gets mad after. Eventually. No, 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 no. They got multiple people at the <laughs> checkout counter. I mean, there was one guy who was a big Michigan fan. I don't know what happened to him. There was, I mean, it was. Uh, they do a lot. That's one thing I know. Joe. They do yeah. stocking. They do their own stocking. They can't. They cover the counters. They do yeah. their own cleaning. It's like, come on, man. They make them do too they, much. They make them do too much. It's like this job cheap. sucks. I'm out of here. There's another thing to look at. Scroll back on that monthly. You're back to prices in 2000. I know. 2000. This is 23 years later. I why know. Why invest in a stock that doesn't go anywhere for and, 23 and years? And we saw what Rite Aid did. Not saying Walgreens is Rite Aid, but we know Rite Aid, which RAD, which is still alive. But, I mean, RAD is two bucks. What's yeah, that RAD much? long-term chart look like? I'll go back on that one. Oh, that's it, it just, $180 <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, you know what also like looks that. like a sick puppy? CVS. CVS. 
Yeah, CBS. There you go. We said it. Going down to again, these things really got those unwarranted lifts too from COVID, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't Mm going to last. People going in the drugstores. You can see from 2020, we went from $55 up to 110. The stock doubled from 2020. CBS doubled 55 to 110 in the COVID time when we're all like locked up and we need our COVID jabs and we're hiding from the virus. But we go to CBS and Walgreens because we got to go get our medicine because we're all sick. I mean, that those that ship has sailed. The COVID trade is over. The COVID trade is, I don't think, coming back anytime soon. Is it Amazon? I mean, where are people getting their drugs from? Because this good RX, isn't that a uh, deliverable too? Like, uh, I don't know if it's competition. Just people aren't just going, aren't needing as much drugs right now as they did when they were really sick. Everybody was sick you know, the last year. Yeah, no, year but I'm now. talking historical. And wasn't Warren and Bezos and J.P. Morgan, weren't they going to do some kind of... Like, uh, this is a long time ago. Some kind of uh, prescription delivery service or something. Whatever. The downtrends. Amazon. Yeah, we've talked about Amazon potentially coming in. Yeah. You know, pissing in their pool, for lack of a better word here, um, for a long time. That's never really materialized. So I don't know if it's a major concern. But these have been value traps for a long time, too. So and yeah. they got the nice COVID pops, and those have been faded. So I don't know. Maybe they continue to be value traps. I could see how they could get some life, though, in the next little bit. If interest rates are coming down and we're going to play a little bit of defense, these two stocks could actually show some life. So I don't mind these stocks here as trades. I don't know if I'm putting them in my long-term investment portfolio. You know what? This this stock makes me sick to my stomach. Which one? Just talking about the pharmacies. You guys don't get a joke of a Get some Pepto yeah. for that, Joel. No worries. Yeah, we need you guys. Pepto after that joke. No worries. No worries. <laughs> We're giving Dennis the X lax. Don't but worry. The chat's going nuts. We haven't talked about Alibaba here yet. And it is let's go to the, the Baba. Talking Walgreens. We better go talk Baba. Or they're gonna they're gonna like you know have a riot there in the chat. I guess. I guess they, they think it's that important. Let's get it to it, right? All right. Alibaba said on Tuesday that it will split the company into six business groups, each with the ability to raise outside funding and go public. Oh, each wait. business group would be managed by its own CEO and board of directors. Um, Alibaba said in a statement, of course, it is designed to unlock shareholders' value and foster market competition, right? Joel's got a word for this. Um, we'll see what else is going on, uh, but definitely something to keep an eye out for. Will this affect all China stocks today? I'll kick it to you guys. Joel? Financial engineering. Nice. I saw all that one up the middle for you finest. Yeah. At its finest. Eight I, different- I, I screwed this trade up. I'll let you do the technical, but I screwed this up royally, royally, royally. I like the $80 level. I bought it at 81 and Oof. I know I said it even on the show. And then mm. I got spooked because she was going to meet with Putin over in Russia. And I'm like, I'm not yep. having any part of a China stock. On you should have known better, man. And that you know was why? the bottom. It opened down that day. It was like the, the Friday or whatever. And it ended up taking out the 80 support. But I was already sold. Because I was like, when I heard that meeting was coming, I was like, nah. So I bought 81 and sold at 81. And I actually was going to put this on for a swing because I liked the level. And I was like, I also like the fact the tech stocks were starting to heat up. And Alibaba was a catch-up trade for me. So I had the setup and everything. And then I heard about that meeting. I was like, I don't want to mess with that. I don't want to be lying to China stocks. What if he says, oh, yeah, we're buddies, buddies, and it's us against the world. I was like, oh, this is going to be good for China stocks. Anything like that happens. Nothing really happened to materialize from that meeting besides a handshake. 
So, I mean, Alibaba has been up since, and I screwed this trade up. Shame on me for getting spooked out on that. Should have re-entered. The, the, actually, the sale wasn't bad because it was an unknown. But once nothing bad happened from that meeting, I should have re-entered the trade. And I had an opportunity to get an 82, 83, 84, and now it's 94 and it's gone. So, screwed it up. One thing I just mentioned before we get the technicals is we got to kind of remember last time this happened, it was the bottom of China stocks. Remember October 24th when Chi was getting reelected and everyone thought the world was ending? Well, it quickly turned around, right? We've been hearing this multiple times. And I'll tell you, Dennis, I think we're, we're, we're more afraid of China than a lot of people are because there's definitely people taking bets in these, in these markets. What do you think, Joel? You know what? I think that it, with this stock, you got to be in it to win it, you know, yeah. overnight. Either yeah. way, you know, it, it's like it comes in and the gaps like if, crazy. If you're man. long, yeah, woo, up eight and a half bucks. If you're short, oh, you know, you're getting killed. So the technicals are tight because it's already traded. I'd say this $95 area, 95 even. Now you're bid up here. So that's important. That's a that's a big difference. It looks like you're up here 6.4 million right. shares have traded. So there's some people that are taking this for real. I I a lot of times I look at the fade on these kind of things. I'm not looking at a fade on this one. I maybe maybe if I, you took it home overnight and you wanted target, I could give you a juicy target at 10047, but and they could be yeah, a hundred bucks. Yeah, a hundred bucks would be my target too. If yeah. I was in this right yep. now, I'd have a hundred dollar target. I'd probably ring the register on some of it though, just because we've seen this environment where stuff can fade. I'm definitely yeah. not shorting this. And you're talking about breaking up into six companies and the stock has been beaten up and there is a lot of value. Maybe this does unlock the value. I'd be a buyer of pullbacks, but this yeah. is definitely not a pullback. Listen, it's always a tough call with these, and I don't know if it's given a, a, a lift to the FXI at all. Sure is up there, trading up. And uh, someone said pin duo duo has been breaking down. Yeah, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> all the way up and all the way down. That's getting a little bit of a lift. Gap's really not real. And what about Dennis's favorite stock, Baidu? B-I-D-U, what, what can they get? Maybe they'll break up their company That's 160, next. I know. They they are the masters of, manip well, I won't say that word, but they're the masters of running headlines that are hot. <laughs> we're in the EV. Oh, no, we're going to go into blockchain. Oh, no, we're going to go into chat GPT. <laughs> they're in everything, Baidu. You got to respect them for that. They like you know, <laughs> being involved in the cool trends. 160 is major resistance. Yeah, I see Baidu. that. Yep, yep. Keeping up with the Joneses, man, but just a different way, right? <laughs> Speaking of the Joneses, what's about Jonas? Oh, oh you, you like that one? That guy. You like that one? Jonas, Adam Jonas getting down and dirty here again. Down and dirty. Yes, of course. Uh, Morgan Stanley analyst here. Let's talk a little bit about Carvana as Morgan Stanley out on Carvana puts a bull case for $60 price target on the name. Carvana is showing early signs that it can get closer to break even as a smaller company. And that the company $60. is demonstrating early signs <laughs> of execution on factors within their control. So pretty much he was saying that like it, as long as everything that's out of their control doesn't just completely wreck them, at least the things that are in their control, they might be able to get a handle on. I don't know about that one. I'll just tell you, this guy 
he always goes off the board. When he throws a price target, he wants everybody to talk about it. And he goes with crazy <laughs> targets. Now, again, this is just this bull case scenario. $60. So, okay, they're getting close to break even. I better put a $60 bull case on this stock. Market is not buying it. I mean, again, no, it is, that's what it, I it, said. he already had a buy on it. I believe he already had a buy on it. So he's reiterated his buy and just kind of adjusted the note, putting up bull target. So I think everybody's saying you've been wrong on this the whole way down. So we're not listening to you at this point in time. Um, stock is only up seven cents. But if it gets a mention on CNBC or the street, it could pop on it. But something to think about. All right, let's keep it moving. Let's go to one more headline here. We got about five minutes before. Do we have guests. a number? Do we have a number? Um, we have some numbers coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, we it's do. Not... I do. I do. Or not me. But yeah, Dennis, let's see if there's anything. Yeah, we there's, do have some there's numbers. Some, there's some also, in retail here. inventories, S&P Case Shiller Index, home prices, oh, yeah. and lack of consumer confidence is coming out too. And don't forget about Fed bar, bar testimony. How you call lack of consumer confidence? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have wholesale inventories month over month. Consensus is 0.2. Prior negative 0.4. We have good trade balance coming in for February um, and retail inventory X auto. That's at 8:30. Then later in the day, we have some other ones. 9 a.m. house price index and like uh, uh, the Richmond manufacturer index. That's at 10 a.m. And then also there's going to be Fed speak later today. So be careful out there. Um, I'm trying to find the timing of that. There it is, 10 a.m., Fed Bard testimony. Don't miss that, of course, 10 a.m. You got Vice Chair Supervision Michael Barr that will be appearing between the Senate Banking Committee. So we could be hearing some more bank talk today, of course. Keep an eye out. We'll it's find been out quiet. The bank talk has been quiet. FRC is stabilized for now. Keep an eye on it. I just don't think we're out of the woods. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it didn't get the pop. I mean, it's up eleven cents. The uh, longer term, uh, it's just what you know. What sticks out at me? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. I think that's been the high for the month so far. Ten thirty-eight. So not getting a big pop on this one. I, I buyer beware. All right, PVH or McCormick? What do you guys want to get into? Do PVH. Let's Spices do PVH. or shirts? Let's do let's do some shirts, a little Calvin Klein action. Uh, PVH Q4 adjusted EPS two dollars and thirty eight cents beat the one dollar and sixty seven cent estimate. Sales of two point four nine billion beat the two point three seven billion estimate. They do see fiscal year twenty three EPS at ten dollars versus eight dollars and twenty nine cent estimate. See Q1 EPS at a dollar ninety versus a dollar eighty eight estimate. So good guidance there by PVH, and of course this is Tommy Hilfiger. Calvin Klein and some other brands. Dennis getting some new threads here. Uh, yeah, it was all me. You know how much I shop PVH. I got all those. I, nice I see you, brands. Calvin Klein, in it. Polo. You know, I'm all over that little horse with the little club and stuff. Yeah. They, they still rock Go. polo? I don't pink know. one. Do you got a pink one? Dennis? I used to have a polo shirt. <laughs> I only have whatever my wife buys me. So, you know, it's just whatever shows I know up. know how my that goes, randomly, right? Because I do no shopping whatsoever. Yeah, I can see you in your pink polo with like the collar up. You we know, know who oh, wears yeah, the pink polo. Sure. We know yeah. who wears the I think pink I, polo. I, I want, you know what? I think I had a pink and a blue one in college. You know, Joel you had flip it, sure. it up. You know, he's yeah, all it was cool, up. man. The dark yeah, siders. I mean, come on, you're two buttons down, Joel, showing the chest. <laughs> I see you, Joel. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> this stock went exactly where it should. Uh, whew, 
eighty four. I like it when they 50, go exactly where they should. Eighty four fifty. And, and there's a bunch of highs. At, uh, there's a high eighty four forty three. Man, it, if you can get back up there, I'd be palms out at that area. I just. Hmm, 13,000 shares is taking it up here. I'd be, if you're, if you're brave enough to buy this one off the open and it keeps on going, then you better place your stop at that open. If it comes back down through it, because there's absolutely nothing in here until 74.48. And this is, I mean, it trades a little bit of volume, but man, if you've been buying this thing pretty, pretty much a gift, uh, that's my opinion here on uh, what was the old name of this? It was Hmm. before PVH. Come on, guys. No, I don't. Help me out. Chat will help me out. Where's where are the old guys in the chat? Come on now. This is Philip Ben Houston, right? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. It's it had a different name. Houston, but was it was it just called Philip Van Houston? Yeah, maybe that was it. Maybe it was I mean, it. who's leaking, right Dennis? Watch your bids there. We, we, yeah, we got. They're not leak. liking. They're not. They're leaking. Chop ah, fast leak. again. This is what we're in. The leak. Choppy. Yeah. Welcome to chop. Yeah, definitely been chopped on the monthlies. We'll see if we can continue. Um, will we get to 400? Who knows really right now? I'll tell you what. Let's get out of this. Let's go ahead and let's get to our guest today. Joel, we got a special one for you today, team. Guys, go ahead. Joel, you can announce. Are you going to roll the intro? or we have Of no course intro? we're going to roll the roll intro. Roll the intro and then I'll bring them on afterwards. Let's do it, team. You guys out there, smash the like. A little special guest for you today. All right, from Northville, Michigan, a six foot two, maybe 170 pound junior studying the BBA, emphasizing in finance and mitering in computer finance. We have Tay Juice Gumu Davelli. How you doing, Tay Juice? I'm doing all right, guys. How is how's everyone doing this morning? Good, excited, good. You enjoying excited. you enjoying the show? Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome to hear so far. Okay, all right. So, as everyone knows, I, I was impressed. Joel got your. Did you get your last name right? Because that's a tough one to pronounce. Gumadavelli. Yeah, it was. It was pretty spot on. Honestly. Good. Good job, Joel. Oh well, how do you think I did that, Dennis? I asked. <laughs> Whenever I have a guess like that, I ask for the phonetic spelling. You're gonna have to learn that trick when you take over for me when I retire. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I was at the Michigan Stock Pitch Competition, and I'm telling you, all these kids were absolutely incredible and um i think you went first right or second second yeah I yeah went. second so uh it, it's some tough competition out there but uh i'll let you take it away uh pitch your stock and then uh we'll come at you hard with hard questions awesome. all right go ahead and uh, if you can share your screen and i'll get it up on the screen here so we can check out the presentation here there we go i got it up let's got get into it too i like this let's all do right. it yeah, so the stock that I pitched was Proto Labs. Um, they were trading at around $30.99. I think they're around $31.50 now. Uh, and my recommendation was a long, with a one to two year time horizon, with a price target of around a 20% upside. And I'm going to get to how I got to that upside. But the story that I wanted to convey with this pitch was super simple. It's just the ability of Proto Labs to generate strong expected future cash flows. Uh, what I noticed through conversations with some equity research analysts and my own research is that a lot, of, a lot of investors were really uncertain about Protolabs' ability to actually generate cash in the long term. They saw kind of flatlining revenue, compressing margins, and 
exited the stock quickly. But where I see that the market is wrong is that strong revenue growth from a sticky consumer base and the ability for future margin expansion is actually going to trickle straight down into cash flows, which are going to provide direct returns to investors. Um, and the catalyst that I see that's going to help this stock is those repeated earning hits, right? Over the next six to nine months, uh, earnings hits and surprises are what I expect, which are going to boost that stock price back up to a fair valuation. Um, but what Proto Labs really does, uh, yeah, for those of you familiar with the ticker, is they produce low volume mission critical parts for prototyping and short run manufacturing. So if a company needs a quick part for a prototype or just to make a couple parts of, uh, you know, of something, honestly, um, they might go to Proto Labs rather than doing that manufacturing in-house just because it might be super expensive just to make a couple iterations of one part. Um, and the unique thing about Proto Labs is that they have over 55,000 unique customers. They don't just target big clients or small businesses. They kind of have a wide variety of them in all sorts of geographies in America and Europe. Uh, and if you look at the recent stock price, it's been pretty abysmal relative to their peers, which obviously provides pretty good value opportunities for us bull investors. Uh, and in the revenue breakdown, you know, I'm not too much of an engineer, I'm a finance guy. So what I can say is that 80% of their revenue comes from traditional manufacturing methods and 16% comes from 3D printing, which is the sort of new growth space. Um, and here's some of the key metrics financially and stock-wise. Um, but their business model is super simple, right? You upload a CAD model to their software uh, and you'll receive analysis on how good your manufacturing is, as well as what the price of the product should be. Um, and this analysis is done through their pretty proprietary digital platform, right? They've spent a lot of time working on this digital network that makes sure users have an end-to-end -end experience from uploading a part to actually getting the final part shipped to their door. And the important thing about that is that the parts can get shipped within a day, uh, usually under a week. So that quick lead time and turnaround time, which is why, which is why uh, Protolabs is still heavily used today, right? People want to get that prototype immediately in the door, test it, and order new ones as needed through different iterations. Protolabs' digital platform allows for this testing and iterative process. And that's really different from their broader industry. The, the industry that they operate in is this idea of rapid prototyping. Um, and the general trends in the industry are the emphasis on cheap and scalable manufacturing, which is why a lot of their competitors have been tilting towards that 3D printing side of the business. But the main thing that we saw during the pandemic and, and sort of continuing through the manufacturing space is this idea of SKU proliferation and supply chain consolidation. Companies don't want millions of different SKUs, millions of different prototypes from a bunch of different suppliers. They want one supplier that can provide them with a variety of services. And again, that end-to-end -end integrated ecosystem experience. And again, that's what Protolabs does a good job of. In a pretty competitive market, honestly, um, you can see on the bottom left, the revenue share, uh, the top three competitors make up around 50% of the revenue and the next 500 make up the other 50%. So there is some opportunities for market share grab from those smaller companies. And what really separates Protolabs is their digital model and their emphasis on being a digital platform with those proprietary pricing and manufacturing analysis tools. And getting into the actual bulk of why this is a good stock to buy, at the end of the day, Protolabs is going to experience top line growth. Um, the end markets that they feed into are the electronics and healthcare markets specifically. Over 50% of their revenue comes from these places. And specifically, they funnel into the R&D pipeline of these industries, right? When healthcare companies are trying to test out new packagings or electronic companies are trying to test out new prototypes, um, that's going to go directly into their research and development budget. And on average, I was able to calculate that there was around a 7% projected R&D growth 
which I do think will trickle into around a 5 to 10% top line growth for Proto Labs that may taper out during the later years, maybe three or four years. But in terms of cash flow generation, that does provide a lot of future value. And especially the fact that they do have mild exposure to the 3D printing space. Uh, the company themselves have stated that this isn't a main priority for them. But the fact that the 3D printing space is growing at a 20% Kager year over year, uh, just by TAM and SOM expansion, I, I do see that Protolabs can benefit from some of this growth. And I will admit revenue growth is not the strongest thesis point, but I do think what beacons it up is the sticky consumer base that they have. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to do when I was looking at Protolabs and one of their subsidiaries hubs is I wanted to look at their actual manufacturing locations in terms of like physical geographies. So I went through a little bit of manual effort, some dirty work, kind of scraping the internet wow. for geographic coordinates of their locations and also the locations of the competitors. And I put it into a map highlighting green where they have the most presence and red where they have the least presence and kind of everything in between. And what you immediately notice is that Protolabs and their subsidiary are primarily focused in the Northwest and Northeastern regions of the country. Um, it's basically impossible to back into who their customers are because this is something they keep confidential. But judging by the fact that their competitors are mostly in industrial companies focusing on aerospace and automotive industries, it kind of makes sense with their competitors' Midwestern and Southern geographic exposure. Um, and what this means is very simple, right? For small businesses, one of the main barriers to entry for using a competitor or in-housing these operations is shipping costs, right? When you're ordering $2,000 worth of parts, $500 of shipping costs on a pure like unit economic level just simply doesn't make sense for these businesses. So the closer the manufacturing locations are to their end customers, the easier it is for customers to stay loyal to that service. And the fact that they have a unique geographic exposure sort of provides them a moat of customers that are going to be hard to you know, become unloyal. And this is something that not many analysts saw. I spoke to a, a bear analyst and he said the main thing that they were concerned about was market share loss, right? It's really easy to see declining revenue and a competitor having increasing revenue and say it's due to market share loss. But looking at their geographic exposure, that's just not the case. Uh, it's likely that they had declining revenue for other macro factors, but not because of market share loss. And finally, the ability for market margin expansion. Uh, you know, probably the first thing that you guys and the rest of the viewers thought the second I came on was, what is this college kid doing pitching a manufacturing stock, right? Biden just passed a, a, a huge aluminum tariff, and the PP&I index has shown that, you know, COGS are likely going to increase for this company just due to macro factors, right? Material prices are going up. But the very view that I want to implement here is the fact that, yeah, Protolabs is a manufacturing company, just like their competitors, but they also have a unique tech focus, right? The main selling point that they have is this digital platform. And tech scales very differently than manufacturing uh, in terms of an economies of scale and also in the fact that there's a lot of high fixed costs up front, but low variable costs in the future. It's something that we've seen in the growth of many tech companies in the last 10 to 20 years. And through some of their partnerships that, again, I backtrace through a lot of dirty LinkedIn scraping, um, we can see that they've been focusing a lot on digital consolidation and more online artificial intelligence marketing efforts. And these are big campaigns that started in 2021, but the effects of which are only going to be realized right now because of the scalability of tech, right? The fact that they invested a lot in 2020 and 2021, right now they're actually going to assume decreasing costs in sales and marketing and research and development and all these tech areas, but an increase in the actual returns that they see to their income statement and their revenue and their declining cogs and their increased cash flow generation, 
overall, I think this is going to significantly decrease their expenses. And how I wanted to represent that in the model was through a Monte Carlo simulation. Uh, more than happy to go into more in detail on what this is. Uh, but I utilized this just to bake out some of the randomness and also the fact that, frankly, this is a very unstable economic environment in a manufacturing company, uh, especially one with a lot of raw materials, does have a lot of other factors they need to consider. So even in this, 92% uh, of the trials, so 91.5% of 10,000 simulations, returned a positive upside. And the base case was the mean uh, return. So 20% upside on a one-year time horizon. Risk-adjusted is, is better returns than most, uh, most general markets, which is why I pitched the stock. And on a relative basis, you see that they also trade pretty well um, in terms of multiples and also on the lower half of the 52-week range. The analyst view is quite deceptive because the two bear analysts, I couldn't exactly find what their price targets were, but I do imagine it's going to be below the $32. And obviously, no stock is complete without some risks. Uh, there is the fact that they, consumer preferences might shift towards the 3D market in this broadening landscape. And again, since they're a digital company, they might have to focus more on cybersecurity than their competitors. But at the end of the day, preferences don't equate to a market shift. And I really think that for a manufacturing company with a tech focus and a sticky consumer base, Protolabs provides a unique upside value with also some exposure to growth markets and good protection from the worst downside case. Um, and yeah, I'm happy to take any questions from, from you guys. Wow. Tejus, you might be the most prepared guest that we've ever had in the eight-year history of this show. <laughs> that was a that was a hell of a presentation. You almost want to make me go out there and buy it right away. The only thing that will hold me off from potentially buying this is the time frame that we're in here right now is that I'm worried about a recession. And how does this company, and I look at injection molding, 41%, I believe your slide said, mm -hmm. this manufacturing stock, if we do slide into a recession, does this company hold up? Yes. Uh, so a couple points that I want to key at. One is the term mission critical parts. So research and development pipelines, um, especially for like electronics and healthcare, hasn't been tapering off, right? Even when we saw economic downturns earlier last year and into the latter half of last year, this company still had strong revenue because their end segments were continuing to invest in research and development. The real reason the company suffered last year was because of inventory backup for their uh, end customers. People kind of overbought in 2021 and as a result were underbuying. But as tech and healthcare continue to develop fast and fast, these companies need new prototypes every single day. I do think this company has some downside protection in a declining macro environment. And especially relative to their peers, the fact that a lot of their expenses are tied up in digital sales and marketing efforts and also their digital platform, they're not going to be impacted, uh, impacted as much by the macro headwinds affecting the materials and sort of broader manufacturing space. All right, I'm going to come in here and I definitely think that you picked an interesting stock, of course, in additive uh, manufacturing right now, different comparables. Um, of course, there's like the losing company, Desktop Metals, but that's yeah. going to be more in your 3D space. And I do think that you highlighted the important parts, of, especially on Protolabs, that it's definitely has that advantage where it's doing those prototypes, right? I think that that's definitely their advantage compared to the other ones. Uh, you can compare this to like a Triple D or a DM, uh, but those are definitely more of that, let's say, growth stock outlook and not making money. So if you pick the one that at least here it is trying to turn things around. The only question for me would be more if they have the cash to survive. At least what I see on the balance sheet, I see 56 million right now and an overall debt to equity ratio of 0 0.03.
So that's where my concern would be if there's any cash raise that's needed at least this year to survive. But I, I mean, other than that, I understand why you're seeing the story. That's for sure. It looks like a very well-run company. I'm just again concerned that if we slide in a recession that, you know, obviously some of these earnings might uh, start to come down. Also the technicals, which, you know, and I like the fact that he's just given the fundamental pitch here because, you know, yeah. like it's so a lot of people come on our show and they just talk the chart. I mean, here's the fundamental research because fundamentals are so important. And in this day and age, traders just completely ignore fundamentals. It seems like they just look at technicals and they're like, okay, I like the chart. It looks pretty. The head and shoulders set up a buying. And I mean, doing in-depth research into these companies is so much more important. Obviously, technicals can give, help us with our timing. But I mean, you've done such a nice job here, Tejus. And I like the fact you didn't mention the chart at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see this as like a timing the market play. That's something that yeah. I don't have. What's your time frame? That's a good question. What's your time frame for this? Yeah, mm -hmm. so uh, I, I pitched it with a one, two-year time horizon. Uh, yeah. On later thought, I kind of wanted to bring it closer to that one-year horizon yeah. just for a returns basis. And also the fact that I do see that with three to four earnings, uh, earnings calls between now and then, the stock price is really going to get boosted up as people are going to be surprised on this company's actual ability to generate cash. Okay, I got one for you here uh, from the chat. Uh, we have a manufacturing engineer in the uh, Department of Defense space. A large risk-free market is in this space. Does the company work in that field at all? Yeah, so um, let me get over to their revenue share. So I didn't really highlight what the three other com colors were on the top left because I wanted to focus on electronics and healthcare. But I believe 5 to 10% of their revenue does come from the defense space. Uh, with an additional 5% coming from broader industrial and then 5% from automotive. So they do have exposure to their sort of defensive areas. Um, but again, funneling into like R&D and prototyping, it, that's not the main priority for a lot of these spaces. And also just from a geographic composure, uh, they don't have as much geographic exposure to some of these primary areas, uh, which is why it's only like 15 to 20% of the revenue. But yes, they do have that as sort of a stabilizer to their top line. Okay, Dennis, anything out of you? Uh, just same thing. Um, you know, I'm still just concerned about, you know, obviously the, the, the industry so much. I think I'm, what I'm going to do is put this on my watch list. Um, I'm scared of the timing right now because I do think there's trouble ahead for the markets here. But this stock, you know, put it in perspective too, and we can show the chart here, which we haven't shown yet. I mean, it's been straight down. Obviously, I don't know what happened back in 2020. Maybe I'm going to ask you about that too. Uh, Tejus, because we had this, you know, really ridiculous run from seventy dollars to two hundred and eighty-six dollars. So you're talking about a stock that's ninety percent off of its highs, and maybe had no business being up there. Um, just, just the last question, just being, um, is a lot of bad news already priced in here because we're so far off the highs? Yeah, I definitely think that. That's a great point, and I think that's another thing that immediately drew me, drew my eyes to this stock. One of the first things I screened for. Is stocks that are like disproportionately battered relative to the market and this this ticker popped up um the highs were, were great for them because uh again electronics and healthcare research and development there's nothing that was hotter in 2020 uh, and that's sort of exactly what the company was funneling into also a lot of their new acquisitions and, and new developments in 3d printing started at around that time what i do think we've been seeing since then is an over exaggerated beat down um, especially in the last quarter, uh, they had a, like a very negative EPS due to like a large impairment of goodwill and other factors not related to the fundamental business. I do think a lot of that negative macro has been priced in because, frankly, the stock price is trading at almost like worst case relative to peers, uh, which is why I do think there's there's strong upside. But again, the macro factors are a good concern, which is why putting it on your watch list, I think, is very valid. 
Um, but hopefully, I'll uh, I'll get you to some of the some of the growth in the long run. Tejus Gumo Valley from the University of Michigan. He was the third place finisher in the contest, and he was in tough. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I don't know if I'm going to buy that stock, but if I could go long your, your speaking and presenting oh, skills, yeah. I would <laughs> do that. Yeah. yeah, you do a, a tremendous job. Uh, good luck there. We'll keep an eye on it. Thanks for coming on uh, Pre-Market Prep. A treat for all of us. And uh, he actually got some nice things coming out of the chat. So that's uh, that doesn't always happen. So have a good day. Thanks for getting up super early. I know, you know, college days and 8.30, 9 o'clock is pretty hey, early. So. Up early. We can he probably, he probably he wasn't out last work. night. There was no early. Monday night football, so he probably went to bed a little bit early. So thank you, and we'll, have a good we'll speak one. to you soon. Oh, Take thank care. Thank you so much. Thanks, Tejus. All right. And definitely the chat was asking, where could we get some more pics out of him? I tried to get a Twitter out of him, but he doesn't even got a Twitter. So I I told him, he's out there listening probably right now. Hey, get that Twitter, man. They want to follow you, my friend. (laughs) They want to keep up with these ideas. I know that sometimes we're focused on our our work, our college work, but maybe you just open up for some of these kind of case studies, a Twitter so some people can follow. Just a shout out to him. Hope he gets that social up. Uh, let's get to the action. How are we doing on the market overall? We're leaking. They didn't. Uh, they didn't like those numbers. Uh, no. They came out at eight thirty, so we're back under four K. You know, it. You kind of get uh, you know different you know slants and feels about the market. And right now, it just feels like like people know where they want to sell. Like, you know, mm-hmm. on the pops, like yesterday, the market was very firm at, uh, you know, when it tried to test the pre-market high. And so right now it's easier for me to pick out resistance and places where I'd rather sell or short. On the downside, I mean, I, I think you just have tepid buyers here. It doesn't, you know, I can't give you a level like, whoa, you know, like this is, I don't have, I don't even think I have any, uh, any three-star supports for a while. So that's the way it feels right now. Uh, down eight fifty. The other thing too that was pointed out to me on Twitter: little chinks in the armor here, right? What what took us up last week? It was the big boys, right? Yeah. It was Apple. Apple yeah. traded down eighty three cents. Break it to a big level. Uh, Microsoft, one hell of a run. Someone just stuck their foot out at two eighty one. Now you're selling in the weakness. Google had that run. If you chased it, you're getting smoked. Uh, Amazon did participate, but mm, not as much as starting to Amazon starting to leak a little bit. And uh, boy, oh boy, if you've been holding on to your shares in this NVIDIA run, I, I don't if you're not going to ring the register soon, man, I don't know. That's been one heck of a run for been a hell of a run here. Yeah. All this tech is priced to perfection here. Absolute I mean, perfection. We, we are in an environment where let's just take the banking crisis right out because before the banking crisis started, these stocks were lower. So do we think now that we've had a banking crisis that now tech is the place to be? Maybe if you think the rates are really going to start dropping. But the only reason the rates, the short-term rates are really going to start dropping is if we get more bank failures. And that's not good for stocks at all. So I just don't see the value here in Apple, Microsoft. NVIDIA is the same thing. I mean, yeah, NVIDIA is best of breed and it's always going to trade with the premium. And yeah, maybe we should have been buying it when it got down to 30 times earnings. But here at approaching 60 times earnings, it's hard to get behind it here. Um, Google's had, you know, remember they they just hammered it off chat GPT. Well, basically in a week and a half, they brought it all the way back up to those highs. So I think it's just a good selling opportunity for all these stocks that be selling rips on all tech. Yeah, we'll be looking for it. Let's get to our Trade Zero stocks to watch today.
All right, let's get to the action. Let's take a look. Of course, you see on the top there, just to start it off, you see PBH, right? I mean, we've seen that one. We've talked a little bit about that one already today. But uh, there's some other names here, some cheaper names like BRTT, uh, BKTX. Of course, it's a therapeutic stock, has a high of 1450. We'll look to see if this gets back there. Therapeutic stocks making moves. Definitely look into it, see if there's catalyst related there. Baba sure. showing up, of course. We're going to keep an eye out on that one. Interesting one here. Love the love sack. Who has a love sack out there? I haven't traded that in a long time. Right? That one's been a while since I've seen it actually pop yeah. up. Uh, so that, that's not the worst stock. At least it, it definitely has some chance to move when it gets moving. Para showing up there. Paramount upgrade. Global getting upgrade. a nice little up, upgrade here. And, and Warner Brothers has been making a nice move as of late too. WBD, just to kind of state that. What do you think about this one? Do you think it can still get a little bit of some Warren Buffett love? Uh, going back to Paroff? Yeah. Just I think the up. upgrade I think the upgrade is a catalyst to kickstart it. Um, it has been in consolidation station for a bit. I've been in and out of this thing a couple of times here. It's got good value down here. I won't doubt that. Again, I'm mm. just concerned. You know, this would be on my watch list more than anything. Again, just my overall. I start, you know, when I'm building my long-term portfolio or even my swing trading portfolio, I start with my macro picture. Macro pictures are mm -hmm. cloudy, which makes me not buy hardly any stocks at all. Now, and if the macro pictures start to turn, we start to get clarity on the banking situation. We start to get clarity on where the Fed is heading here. We start to get more, you know, inflation ticking down. That makes me more interested in these stocks. But until those things happen, it's hard to just come here and say, yeah, let's buy Para here. It's ready to go. 22 bucks. That's a big level. Someone's boosting it now. 230,000 shares. They got a 22 bid. So that that's a move there. If it holds 22 off the open, you can say goodbye to that gap. And you got some uh, uh, another resistance point uh, at 22.30, then closer to 23. But uh, I don't know. I mean, let's see if the kind of a weak tape hold the 22 bid. If not, top of yesterday's range, way down there at 20.98. Who was who was the analyst that did this? Hmm, let's see right quick. I can take a I look just, This is a big move. I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, let's see. Uh, it hasn't I'll had a call right now, though. So. Okay. Like, nobody's okay. made a call on it. This is it, Bank of America was the one. Okay. All right. And that's a, and that and Bank of America is influential. I think it just hasn't had anybody make a bold call on it for a bet. It's a good move for the stock, but it's got a higher beta too, so it'll move. All you right. Gotta know, you when you're doing ratings, I trade ratings all the time. You got to kind of one. What kind of stock are you trading? You know, mm -hmm. are you trading a high beta name? Because obviously the rating is going to have a lot more influence. Two, who is the analyst that's covering it? Is an analyst that really follows well followed in the sector? Is it, you know, what what investment firm is it? If it's Goldman Sachs, it's got a lot of weight. You know, if it's some of these smaller, um, you know, boutique firms, often doesn't have as much weight. So you've got to look at all those factors. And then three, the technical setup. You know, is it beat up? Is this a momentum play? Did they just beat earnings and now they're upgrading? Is it chasing one? The contrarian calls, which this would be considered a contrarian call because the stock's in the downtrend, will have more influence than a momentum call. Meaning, like, if you're just upgrading because it just had earnings and it beat, that's just a chasing call. It doesn't have much influence at all. So consider all that stuff when you're trading ratings. All right, let's keep it going, team. Let's go to here. Let's take a look. MKC, right? We didn't get to talk about it. McCormick getting a nice little uplift today. Adjusted EPS, 59 cent, beat the 51 cent estimate. Sales also beating here, 1.57 billion, beat the 1.54 billion estimate. They reaffirmed 23 guidance 
there and sales growth of five to seven percent. McCormick here. What do you guys think? Not chasing it. Um, I'd just be looking for resistance and your resistance points come in at 78.46. You haven't been up there yet. And then but now that I'll just give you a sell zone. 78.46 to 79.21. If it fades off the open, uh, the top of yesterday's range, that's way down at 74.44. So I'll let you guys uh, finish up. Triple D, I'll check in with you later on. Everyone have a good day. Lower beta stock, spice mm-hmm. maker, it's consumer staple, really. It's something that's a little more recession-proof here. Spice. Um, it's not surprising. It started to show some life, obviously, as rates have come into here. So I do think stocks like this are looked at, you know, and they're affected. They trade They trade more at the bond market. If you start to see rates start to tick, you know, lower there, it's good for these stocks, and that's what we've kind of seen. Um, All right. I, I, I didn't want to kind of mention. I don't think you can get a big move. I'm keeping an eye on this one. Remember, this was the company that was mentioned with the Tesla news. Of course, that was never confirmed. Um, But I'm just keeping an eye on how it's gone sideways since that gap. This gap right here was that Tesla gap mentioned. And then it's just gone sideways there. So this is SGML, Sigma Lithium Corporation. Of course, lithium names could be in play today. Just keeping an eye on it. Just because it's kind of like a sideways sleepy chart that hasn't broken down into that gap. Even though, I mean, we haven't really been coming down in these markets, but just something that I'm keeping an the, eye on. The rumor was that Elon was going to buy this company. Mm-hmm. So this was the rumor that well, came about a month ago. Um, you can see the gap up yeah, in the right chart when it went from 28 yeah. to 35 back in February. Nothing has materialized there. I said on the show that day that I think that's possible. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I think Elon is, you know, trying to grow Tesla, trying to obviously do as many things as he's he considering can to control it for the sure. whole chain. I think so. I don't think this is just out it. of the blue. I don't think this is a made up rumor. I think this has actually got something behind it. I think the stock holding up as well as it has is telling us that the market thinks that as well. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised this company did get bought. Um, I don't yeah, follow we'll, the company we'll specifically. I should, I should I should clarify. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tesla buy a lithium company. I don't know if it's going to be this one, but I would not surprise me if it is. I would not surprise me. It's not going to be ALB. They're too big. Um, so you think about the smaller ones, SGML probably yeah. fits that bill. I agree. So be careful out there, but we'll see what happens in this one. SGML. All right. Uh, the Yang life, of course, that's bearish China. So that's not doing well today. So uh, maybe China gets that uplift. Of course, Alibaba helping that out Baba. Yeah, there. So a coin good. keeps on the decline after that mention, of course, from the Wells notice. We haven't even gotten an update on that, right? Gosh. And that's where it gets a little bit concerning, um, especially as it keeps coming down. How far will it come down, right? This is why I haven't touched Coinbase, and this is why I'm staying way away. Another thing that I saw today, of course, you guys saw yesterday how – Bitcoin was getting hit, and this was all after uh, the U.S. officials filed a complaint against crypto exchange Binance um, for its co-founder. So there could be some more issues in crypto that we still have to go through. I know that we think that the contagion's over from the other ones, but you never know. And this is why I'm staying away from uh, crypto stocks, just because I always think there could be a tape bomb. I'm staying away from these. Yeah, and, and I agree. The one thing going for it is if we do have more 
banking problems, they'll flock to crypto again. So I think that if you get a significant enough pullback, some of these stocks actually might be buys because I believe it's going to be the banking crisis isn't over. If you believe the banking crisis is over, you've got to sell your crypto stock. So crypto is a bet against the banks right now. That has been playing. I'm kind of betting against the banks. So I actually don't mind crypto on pullbacks. Last one, just because the chat asked for it. Moderna, any outlook on that, Dennis? Again, we talked about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I like it long versus BNTX. So I don't want to be flat out long any of these things because I do believe the COVID jabs. I've already had this conversation, you know, probably a dozen times on the show over the last year. I just think that the market is past, you know, COVID. It doesn't care about it anymore. Yes, the PE looks low, but it is elevated from obviously last year's earnings when everybody's getting the jab. There's a lot less people going to get the jab going forward, which is not good. BNTX, I think, is um, more directly you know, impacted because Moderna's starting to get branch off into some other things. That's why I like uh, Moderna long BNTX short. I wouldn't be long either, just on their own. All right. Like always, you guys can check out Trade Zero's uh, Zero Pro here. I'm going to throw up the link for you guys. And like always, you guys definitely go ahead and check it out. If you're looking for an extensive inventory of short locates, we got a partnership with Trade Zero. Appreciate them like always. Let's get back to the market. Last comments here before you get out of here. Chop, 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 chop. That's what's going to happen chop, here. Chop, chop, chop. More chop. Um, banks. So it's very mixed market today. This morning, oil and the banks were trading higher. They have leaked with the overall market. A lot of these banks have went to the red. Keep an eye on FRC. Even if you don't trade it, keep it on your screen because as it holds green, it helps to hold up the other banks as well. I mean, we had a nice pop in Citigroup yesterday. We had a nice pop in Bank of America yesterday. Nice pop in all the majors yesterday. Does that pop hold because we were on the lows the day before? That's the question to be answered. We'll find out today. Like always, keep up with Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader. Go do what you do best, my friend. Get to your trading action. All right, Dennis is out of here. We're going to go get you guys now over to live trading. And I do want to let you guys know there is something special today to tune into. I don't want to get you guys over to the crypto event later today. You guys don't want to miss that. Uh, We do have a great crypto event that's going to be coming up for you. It's the first episode of kind of a new series. It's going to be like kind of a monthly thing that they're going to be doing. This is going to be featuring uh, experts, including Anthony Scarmucci, Josh Fraser, Nate Heinemann, and others. Stay tuned, team. You'll gain valuable insights into opportunities and challenges of of decentralized finance, securing projects, protecting investors, Don't miss out on this unique opportunity to connect with fellow crypto enthusiasts. That's going to be at 11 a.m. today. Unlock the first episode of Crypto Unlock Decentralized and Security. We'll see you there later today, team. That's going to be 11 a.m. Eastern. Tune in, team. You guys can find out a little bit more about what's going on in the crypto space. I know that's going to be after live trading, so time to get you guys over to live trading. And of course, like always, keep growing with our book club. We keep getting further and further into Japanese candlestick charting techniques and growing membership every single week. Over 400 members already. So if you haven't joined the book club, what are you waiting for, team? Definitely check out Japanese candlestick charting techniques On Sunday, we're going to keep going deeper. We just went through a bunch of reversal candles that had some pretty good Mondays that we looked at on Sunday night. So stay tuned, team. We'll see you guys over on, of course, live trading. That's starting up next. Zunaid, uh, Ryan is going to be out today, but I will be there. Zunaid will be there. 
Let's go see what we can find today in the market. We'll be right back.